Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including Star vs. the Force of Evil, which we'll be getting into today. I'm Dylan Heisen, and today I'm joined by April Collins. Hey! Alex Bonilla. Hola! And Andy Potter. Hey! Today, April, Alex, Andy, and I will be having our uh, Overly Animated second uh, Star vs. Force Evil Battle for Muni discussion. Uh, we previously had our Battle for Muni recap. Uh, longest Overly Animated podcast ever. It was out uh, this weekend. Battle for Muni aired <laughs> Saturday. Here we are a little bit after that. And we'll be going. It's it, two hours. Not enough. We got to keep going. Keep discussing Battle for <laughs> Muni. It was so big. So um, we're going to continue to discuss uh, that special two-hour Star vs. Force Evil event. We'll briefly get into Star News. And then we will discuss the big topics and get some uh, new opinions here from our panelists today. Um, check out all of our uh, star and other uh, a- animated content at overlyanimated.com. And you can subscribe to us at overlyanimated.com slash iTunes, or if you're listening on YouTube, subscribe to us there. So um, briefly, before we start getting back into Battle for Muni, we've had some recent news. Um, we were, we are recording this before the star panel that will be, ha- that happened on Friday. Um, but if you want coverage of that, we, there should be a podcast in the star feed, uh, briefly going over all the Comic-Con news from all, all of the shows. So, uh, look for that. But, um, there was news even before Comic-Con, uh, which was, uh, came from a star and Marco live chat on YouTube that they do. I think this is the first live chat that star was on, which is pretty fun. And uh, we learned that Star will be back in November. Uh, yeah! I mean, yeah, but I, th- I think in the press release for Battle for Muni originally they said September, but um, maybe they said fall, not clear. November, you know, it seems like we'll a take lot. It. We'll take it. Like more Star <laughs> coming. And probably what November means is we'll have like a uh, November Star or whatever. Star Vember. Star Vember, yeah. Star Vember. I definitely anticipate uh, six, like 16 episodes within the course of a month again. Um, so that's going to be fun. So uh, we're anticipating that. And um, I, I think the there's like a mini trailer, not much there, except I would say that the trailer, like the promo confirmed that uh eclipsa is free now do you think that's an accurate assessment alex or at least she's very involved in the upcoming season right yeah it's all focused on eclipsa it's she's like she said something like i'm free now or something like that i guess it could have not been right now but presumably that's happening um and we talked about on the recap podcast that um we do believe the crack at the end of battle from uni signifies that eclipsa is currently breaking free um so I think probably that'll happen immediately. I don't think we're going to drag that out uh, like over the course of the season. But um, Eclipsa, the focus of uh, Starvember coming to a TV screen near you. Eventually. <laughs> so let's look, looking forward to that. But let's get uh, back into Battle for Muni now, of course, related to speculating on what's to come. We'll get into that. Uh, but first, let's get uh, these three guys' perspectives on Battle for Muni we haven't heard yet. Um, April, what were your general thoughts on the this two-hour special? I loved it. I was very, like, into it from, like, the get-go. It kept me, like, super actively engaged between, like, the inter- like the runaway star and her mom, like, all the way, even down into the Ludo, like, stuff. Like, I was entertained by Ludo, but, you know, I feel ways about him, but, uh, <laughs> but... <laughs> but, like, it, it was just, it was great. Like, I, I, you know... 
the whole toffee thing being the big bad, like all of it taking place in Muni, like even like the Marco moments and the Starco moments, of course, of like course. just just enough to keep me satisfied and like yearning for November. So it a plus in my book. <laughs> yes, good stuff. Yeah, uh, a a plus for you, Alex. Uh, yeah, I'd give it a. A minus, a-, I want to okay. say. <laughs> okay. just, just because uh, 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 Marco and the King and King Ludo kind of felt like a bit of a drag when I was re- uh, re-watching it, like it slowed down there. But the bookends were excellent. It's seeing Star and Moon interaction and getting the Moon flashback. And just the way it, it all ra- wrapped up, it was just so much going on, so much for us to ponder on for the next couple of months that I, I think it delivered on all the hype that we were giving it. Yeah, def- definitely delivered. Um, and we'll get more into to all these aspects. Andy, what are your thoughts? Uh, I'm going to change up the arbitrary scale and say I gave it a 9 out of 10. Um, I love that we're grading without me even having to ask. So that's why you guys are great. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I really like this. I was really surprised by how it was. It really was an event. It wasn't just a bunch of episodes just stuck together. They all felt like they belonged together in the same special, which was surprising to me. And I just really enjoyed it. But I want to say that my grade does come with the, come with a little like um, rider that there has to be explanations for a couple of things, which I sure we'll get into. Oh, yeah. But as long as that happens in future episodes, I'll still look back on this and say this was a really great movie special, whatever. Uh, Andy, there are no conditional grades uh, at Overly Animated. You must give no. de- de- definitive grades to to arbitrary things. <laughs> it needs things. to be a, a hard grade. Hard, hard grades, yeah. <laughs> this is in a, a hard grade, but it might change if episodes later change stuff. <laughs> to be fair, I think I've said that before about things, so there might be precedent. We'll have to, we'll have to check the archives. I am sure you yeah. said that because you're always... There <laughs> I, I, okay. sure we'll we'll double-check with the judges, okay? Yeah, we'll ask the, we'll ask the judges. Only judge, though. Someone needs to bring their, their receipts. Yeah, I, that is true. I am the only judge. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I be prepared to rank the episodes later. I will I will ask for that. I forgot to put that on the line. Okay, so <laughs> but before that, let's uh well I need to I need to start with Toffee here. Um I'm still reeling from all the Toffee development that happened. Uh and you know, we talked about it for two hours and I'm still uh I still don't know what would happen. So uh April, what were your what was your reaction to all this Toffee stuff and uh were you happy with everything that happened? Oh uh well, okay, I, I agree with you because I had a lot of questions and I felt like everything was like very, very masked over. Like, I, I don't know. I felt like I was left with like, it's nice that it's like resolved and everything and that there's still like the potential, I guess, for him to come back. But it's it's almost like he was too much of a big bad that they were like, we're not going to like fully explain it like they explained, you know, oh, like, he killed Moon's mom, and and then, like, he was just that sort of, like, overlying evil, but, like, they didn't say why he killed Moon's mom, or, like, I was like, well, why did he do that? Like, what was his motivation, you know? Like, he was a rogue general, okay, but why? Like, why, you know? And then, even, like, in the end, like, it was still, like, it was, like, resolved, but then not resolved at the same time. Like, is he actually dead? Like, I mean, he turned to Goop, so that's a thing. But Goop can reform back together. Like, <laughs> is, is that a known thing, that Goop can reform back together? I mean... I guess so. Yeah. We can have Goop Toffee. <laughs> yeah, Goop Toffee. Goop Toffee, like, which might be actually be way more horrifying. But, <laughs> but like, I, I don't know, like... 
Like I, I like I'm like okay, I'm glad that it's over and we're moving on. But it, then at the same time, I'm like I wish there could have been more explanation. So very like glossed over in my opinion. Glossericked over anyway. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, Alex, what's your take on on all this toffee stuff? Were you upset at all by the uh, the lack of explanation for a lot of what happened? Honestly, no, because like if if everything was explained, then it'd be much easier to write him off. And maybe it's just me in denial, but I I think they left it wide open for him to make make a comeback here. And plus, I find Michael C. Hall's voice very sexy, so I would be very sad <laughs> if we didn't get any, any more of that in our life. But yeah, I think with also opening up this show to flashbacks, it, it give it will give us a lot more opportunity to go further into Toffee's motivations, what happened before the incident we see in Moon the Undaunted, and what happened after, because we also have to know, like, what was the reason behind Toffee going to hiding, and why couldn't Moon ever relocate him? So just the things like that uh, in that weren't addressed in this event, I feel that within Season 3 and maybe beyond, we'll be able to touch upon later. So I, I was pretty happy with how, with how they used him, saving him up, for the for the big finale and uh, leaving it open so that we'll be able to see more of him in the future. Okay, so you know a- Alex is happy given that we might expand upon this in the future. Uh, Andy, that sounds like a conditional grade to me. Is that what you were referring to? <laughs> that that's part of it. Yeah. <laughs> the, my other part. Uh, my other part was that uh, I still don't understand Toffee's plan. Like, what was it? Whatever. Like, right? I, was it just to get his finger back, or what? <laughs> No, no, but I mean, like, the way it started, it started with him making Star blow up the wand. Did he do that so he could become Goop and then after he died, come back? Like, did he do that on purpose? And then did he purposely want Ludo to go insane with corn and spiders and eagles so that he'd get inside um, Ludo's hand? Like, his plan makes no sense to me. Like, he's always this calm and composed character, and he he feels like he's a character with a plan, but his plan makes no sense. I just don't understand. It's just so convoluted. Yeah. Uh, Alex, do you have any explanations about uh, as to Toffee's plan? Are there any fan theories that tie everything together? Well, I think Delaney alluded to it in the previous episode that he's just a very cold personality. So it feels in line with him that he would go through this personal vendetta against Moon to the point of uh, going through all of these extra steps, but just to humiliate her, Moon like totally to the point of kill, uh, killing her, her daughter off. And making her feel powerless, especially with the ability to take away magic from or from the environment. So I think in the end, it, it is very possible that it could have just been an, an, an elaborate plan to just make Moon useless for whatever role she and her family had in, in the monster war that so many years ago. Yeah, this is the Delaney uh, Moon humiliation motivation theory. Uh-huh. Um, and and yeah. I, I, I buy into it. You buy into that. Would you be satisfied was- if that was the, the case? I think so because at least that that's in line, for me that's in line with how we've seen him is just a very cold person who maybe does have long standing grievances but is able to keep them close to the chest to the point that whatever plan he's thinking of he just uses everybody else's pawns uh, to get what he what he wants as we've seen from the season 1 finale all the way to how he's been using Ludo all uh, this entire season. Uh what's your take on that April? I mean I think I I could also like buy into that theory, but I would need like some kind of confirmation of that. You know, like it r- like for me right now it just seems like okay, that's a very like long drawn out plan 
to, just to humiliate like one person, like there had, there, there has to have been another way, you know what I mean? Like, okay, I'm going to wait until she has a daughter. And then <laughs> like, do you, like, do you see, like, it just sort of like fault, like right in that thought, it just sort of like falls apart. And so I'm like, if you could confirm that, then sure, I'll buy into it. But like, there is no like confirmation that all along his plan was to humiliate moon. Like I, I, I would be okay with that. But again, I just need to like, I just need to know that that's what the plan is, has been from the get go. Like, cool. I'm going to wait it out until she has a dog, you know, like that kind of thing. Like, and where was he between like the time that moon hum- humiliated him up until like his reappearance with Ludo, Ludo, like, what were you doing with that time? Were you just sitting there waiting? Like he was, he was basking in the sun. He's a lizard. He was warming up. <laughs> he, <laughs> he was hibernating. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, I definitely admit that there's a lot of there's a lot of holes still to fill with Toffee, but that's why I think that it, it's important for them to go back to the character. They can't just leave it leave it like this. See, if they did, then yes, I would be disappointed. But I, I think there are so so many different directions you can still go with Toffee, like going into his past, that uh, it it would be a shame if they didn't go back to like further dig into his involvement with the kingdom and how that relates to Moon or Eclipsa for that matter. So here's my take on this. Um, and it, I think Star is a hard show to read what's going to happen in the future. Um, we, we don't really follow general typical plot progressions with the show so far. But uh, I agree. <laughs> yeah. But as far as I can tell, uh, I, I, I'm a solid 80% sure that this is the last we'll ever see of Toffee. Um, I, I feel I'm like, I, I think I'm more than that. I think I'm like 93% mm. sure that this is this is it with Toffee. If this was a traditional but. show, I'd be very even more certain. But um, it's, you know, I, I see no indication from what we've done in this. And granted, it's only the beginnings of season three. Um, and we are stopping at a kind of an arbitrary point for eliminating Toffee's character within the season. Um, just given the exit he had and uh, how it's one of the most significant events, I would say probably the most significant event that's happened on the show. Um, it seems a little far-fetched uh, that he would come back. That being said, you know, like so many things happened without an explanation that you could easily build it into the plot. Just kind of reading, trying to read the tea leaves of the episodes. Um, you know, I, I'd, I'd be surprised if Toffee came back. And that's why I tend to be more on the side of... Um, I'm pretty disappointed with how Tavi was used in, in the special. I'm, I'm very happy with almost everything else. Um, but the fact that we never got to see any Tavi really do anything interesting since his reappearance in season two. And that um, if you try to tie his character together, it doesn't really form a coherent narrative with his uh, plan. I don't really know his motivations. I don't really understand um, like why do you even need a finger? Why is he like doing almost anything he's doing. Um, so as Alex has alluded to, if we leave it off here, there's definitely a lot of uh, unsatisfying plot. And um, I don't know, my read on it is, is, is that we're leaving it off here. I don't, I don't know. I don't, what do you, Alex, what do you potentially see that we might continue uh, with Toffee down the line? Is it just that there's so many questions? Yeah, that part. And like, one, one thing I've no- I noticed is that when he's uh, attacked by stars magic, he, he turns into that, that black goop. And it's the same black goop that we see as like the anti-magic thing. So what I'm wondering is like, was he like that even before all this happened? Like, is that his core? Is he like an anti-magic, magical being? And is that maybe why uh, his purpose is to get rid of all the magic from from the environment? Maybe he's just at his core against 
all of it or maybe against how it's being used in the kingdom. It's just that there are different ways we can go with this. And especially considering how prominent that material was in this in this whole series, it's a, it's a detail that and it caught my eye at the end. Uh, interesting. Yeah. I, I don't, you know, I'm a, I'm a little off trying to explain any of the types of magics that are happening at this point. It's very hard for me to tell. But they, they put so much focus on all of it that I feel like it has to come up again at some point later in the season. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, but, but I'm okay with it being negative magic. What I'm confused about is what, what is the wand? I thought like the wand was like a tool to like help you channel magic, but like all this black evil magic stuff was inside the wand. And because of that, there was no magic in all of muni at all was that was that correct is that what happened like it just feels weird is the wand like a lot more important than we were told in the first place yeah yeah i I have no i have no answers to that (laughs) i was gonna say i have no answers but then that also brings up the question like well was was what star had done with her first wand the reason why they're like the reason why there was the glitch in magic was star the cause of that glitch. Like she offset the balance. Like, do you get what I'm saying? It just brings up so much. Like, but if, but if her blowing it up was the reason that all that happened, I feel like moon would know because she knew the wand was broken. Yeah. But maybe she didn't know, like she didn't know the, the ramifications of what star had done. Like, I guess. And it's interesting because when Star uses the Whispering spell, Moon is like, get away from there. So at least she knows what, what is the, the actual spell that, that causes these things. We don't know if she's ever actually used it, but she knows of it. Yeah, that would, that would be like my thing is that maybe she knows of it and she knows that, okay, if you use the Whispering spell, then like the wand is going to blow up. But that's it. Like, that's as far as she knows because she's never seen, like, or she's only heard of up to that point. Like, she doesn't know, like, okay, after the wand blows up, then this happens kind of thing. So maybe it's one of those, but, like, situations. So she's only heard about it and she only knows up to a certain point. And then that, and then everything else came afterwards. So, which would also be, like, would also explain why she wasn't very, like, upset after she found out that Star had blown up her, like, had, you know, had broken her wand because she didn't know that, oh, well, that broken wand means that now magic is, you know, messed up and it has to be fixed and so on and so forth. Maybe? I don't know. That's just my idea. (laughs) I Like, (laughs) as I'm saying it, I'm like, I'm trying to put it all, like, piece to piece to piece so there's probably like five pieces we're all forgetting and we're just like who knows yeah i'm not i'm not 100 percent following everything much like the show's mythology but um I, my impression get with the wand i was more into the impression that uh the wellspring was more the source of magic than the wand but i agree it's pretty uncertain um in, in the yeah. special so I think I think that, uh, there's an argument. I don't want to spend too long on this. I mean, this is the type of thing that I'm more interested in discussing, but I feel like other people would want to hear more plot points. I think there's an argument made that this uh, special from a narrative perspective was kind of just actively bad, um, given that a ton of things happen and nothing is explained. 
Um, it's just this is almost the like the worst offense of um, a Deus Ex Machina type thing happening in that I've ever seen this Toffee episode. Uh, it's just kind of a solid fifteen minutes of stuff happening that really doesn't have any explanation. So I, I, I found that to be particularly notable, given that we're kind of at a crossroads with plot on the show. We've we started to be ramping up uh, plot stuff recently. It, it originally was very much a character focused show, and now we kind of have the biggest uh, plot episode that we've seen. And, um, you know, if, if this is all the explanation we're getting, then it's definitely for personally what I would not like to see most from the show. I had more, I was already under the impression that, uh, the character moments were much better than the plot moments in star. Um, and I don't really think that battle for Muni has dissuaded that, that viewpoint at all. I know we've talked about this before, Alex. So, um, do what's your take on, on me saying that? Well, I, I do, I do uh, admit that there are a lot of holes in, in that still need to be filled here. But at the same time, I don't think all of this came entirely out of nowhere. For example, we've had the dipping down concept to, uh, mentioned to us before. We've, had, we've seen the butterfly form ex- exhibited by Moon in the past. So I, I feel like that there are a lot of things that still need to be explained. But when I was watching it, at least, I, I bought into it. I, I didn't think that it came out of nowhere. Like, there were concepts that I had seen before in the show. So it, it didn't feel like a deus ex machina or something like, uh, say, uh, comparing this to Steven Universe with, with Lars Head, you have the crying, bringing someone back from the dead. We, kn- we knew that you could cure, but we didn't know it, could, it, it, it was that extent. So I, I'm not personally. I feel like that's almost worse than what what we saw here. But that up to you guys. And I I see no evidence that the show has any desire to explain plot elements that that happen. Um, I've almost seen nothing. Like, and I'm not sure the show ever stops and and tries to explain something. Uh, like even even the supplemental book really makes no effort to to kind of explain how things work. <laughs> Um, which is a definitely a red flag. Uh, and I agree that like, it's, it's interesting, something like star turning into her butterfly form. Um, there's precedent. We saw the movie episode and then we saw her mom do that in the finale, but we still don't understand what that is, uh, or why it's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Why does it happen to them? Like I gather the butterfly flame late. Is that literally the explanation? And that's it. Like, the butterfly family turns into uh, butterflies. Cool. Like end of discussion. Like where? Yeah. But that that's it. Like. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think the show seems it's more interested um, in being a magical girl type show um, that really doesn't make an attempt to explain things than a uh, show with a cohesive plot. Um, and that's you know quote unquote fine. It can it, it can clearly do that if it wants. Um, but I do think it's made other attempts to have more of a cohesive uh, plot at times. And um, I think if it tries to be too ambitious with ambitious with its plot now, it will fail if it doesn't start explaining things. Yeah. Some, like, sometimes it just feels like Darren's really just like making it up as she goes. Which is definitely and true. So, and it's, I don't think that's like a problem either. I don't think it's a problem, but it's one of those things where like, I don't know. It's like, I almost feel like at some point you have to, you almost have to sort of like stop or start incorporating like explanations of things because otherwise like you're just going to like fail. You know what I mean? Like people are just going to like 
riot in the streets and <laughs> or at least we'll all riot in the streets because we we need explanations like you can only go you can only go so far without explaining things and so eventually like she's gonna hit that wall where she's gonna have to start so I'm just curious like have we hit that wall? Are we going to start getting explanations for things or are we not? Yeah, and it's, it's, and it, then it's possible we spend the rest of the season explaining what happened. Like it totally could. That's possible. I think it's almost certainly not what will happen, but they could go that route. Um, I think that it's really not that hard to start working in uh, exposition to your dialogue. Um, and the show really never does that. Um, I think it's something I think I actually think this is maybe the biggest thing that separates this show and Steven Universe um, on on this level is that Steven Universe actively um, at times will work in exposition into into its dialogue. I think that's when the show is at its best. Um, and even Steven Universe is a show with a super broad mythology. It is way more concrete than than Star right now. Um, and like, I would, and Steven, there's so many shows that have more concrete apologies than Steven Universe, but, um, Star, you know, Star explains so, so far less. So, um, I, I, I personally, I think the show would be much better served to start, um, explaining some things. Um, you know, that being said, I think the show's strength is still its characterization. So it can still be an actively good show, even if it, um, it stops doing things because it's just going to be entertaining to see Star and Marco interact, um, like, which is the core of the show already. And uh, yeah. just one thing I want to point out with characterization, I think one fault that you can put with the show is its usage of Glossary, because like I, I found him very funny at times uh, uh, compared to some other people on this podcast, but it, he, <laughs> he could be used so much more as like actually explaining th- things like how, how, ma- how magic works, how the spells work, but they choose to portray him as such a cryptic person that you can't really trust any absolutely anything he says or take anything he says seriously. So that hampers them a lot with the exposition because otherwise, who is going to explain to start right. these things? Right. I mean, if you look at the characters they've introduced, Glasswork is the mentor archetype and he is the least likely character to explain things. He's His name is literally Glasswork <laughs> and he explains nothing. Yeah. Like, he is... He is the most oxymoron character I've ever like encountered <laughs> because I was like, cool, Glasswork, we're going to get some answers. Nope. Yeah, nothing yeah. <laughs> right so he, he's entertaining to watch but he, like from a narrative perspective he like really pulls it down yeah like it, he's the type on a, on a typical show he'd be the type of character to give us some explanation and then there's moon um who would be another candidate but she's um cold and doesn't talk to star that much although that might be changing now so you can't get explanations from her it's like who would even give you an explanation of anything and it's not like the show is like it's not it's not like uh oh that's unfortunate like they put themselves in the spot on purpose so um we could just introduce a character to explain stuff like maybe hekapu starts uh being friends with star which she's revived now and starts <laughs> explaining stuff to her like you can just do this with anything so um i, I i'm glad you mentioned hekapu dylan dylan because i think that's when they're best at like explaining stuff it's when they introduce a new character like when they during running with scissors that was actually one of the better examples of explaining how the world works where the scissors come from but I think they're really having trouble with like going back to old characters and old moments and old episodes and explaining why that ever happened. But when they come up with a new idea, yeah, they can explain what why that works in the world they already have. I think they need to. I think they're having trouble retconning essentially. Yeah, I think when we had, well, yeah, I think, and I, we discussed this a little bit on the two-hour podcast, which is that um, I think basically we're our, our current crew is uninterested in uh, rehashing season one at all because it was basically uh, half half of it, <laughs> half of the crew was not working on season one anyway. Um, so I, uh, I I I think it's a good point, Andy. I think that the there's been 
there were three episodes in the end of season two, which were introducing us to the uh, High Commission members. And those were some of the better examples of uh, the show doing exposition because uh, it kind of forced them to, because the whole point of the episode was to introduce us to new characters and explain or like characters that we'd previously seen for a second and kind of explain who they are. So that was like the whole archetype of the episode. So we actually had to get some, some of this stuff in there. So in running with scissors, the, whatever the Romulus episode was called, you know, and I don't think the, uh, the uh, other one was uh, that <laughs> the math, one. the math one was that explanation heavy, but oh. at least it was um, thematically kind of introduced us to this. Day. Anyway. Um, so yeah, it's, it's the show's <laughs> like running with scissors. I agree. Great job of talking about uh, a whole episode about what, what's up with dimensional scissors. Great. Like now we completely concretely know what what's up with scissors. Like that's like right. the only example of this type of thing though in the show. So you could see, <laughs> like what is we could, like we had an episode about Stars Wand, but it really did not did not answer any anything to do with, with Stars Wand. It gave you nothing. Yeah. Although, yeah, again, that by the way, this isn't a general criticism of the show. Like that Stars Wand episode uh, is uh, wonderful. Like these they can still have, they can still be good and fun. Um, we're just talking about a very specific the narrative aspect of the show and um how that might come into play in the future. But um, again, not the biggest component of the show. So let's, let's, let's get on to uh, other aspects of battle for Muni. And um, we are going to talk about other narrative, narrative aspects of uh, like what happens, but that's just because so much happened. So let's uh, get to speculating on some other stuff. We mentioned this before in that um, stars, a uh, butterfly form. Um, I believe we we're talking, we we're calling this Muberty uh, form on the previous podcast and maybe butterfly form is, is better. Although I don't think we have an, a name uh, for it. <laughs> Um, so it's, it's whatever star, star goes, uh, sailor moon. Um, and yes, pretty much. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's wonderful and it was visually stunning and it was, uh, it was a really great moment in the show, but, uh, what exactly happened? Um, Andy, (laughs) explain. Uh, first off, first off, I've been calling this form shining star. Shining star. Okay. Like that seems to fit in my head for some reason, but. What happened here was Star pulled a Deus Ex Genora yes. and just appeared in a shining light yeah. and just was like, I have magic now. I'd, that's all there was. was. Was there anything else that happened? Like she dipped her hands into a pot of, pot of boiling stew <laughs> that <laughs> had a baby unicorn in Yep. And then she was a butterfly. Yep. Um, yeah, no, yeah, this is, this is just, I was like, really the one thing we're going to take from Korra is the Janora Deus Ex moments from <laughs> the book two finale. Like that's the thing we're going to, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's the, yeah. So clearly it's supposed to be a crucial moment. She's in some realm with Glosseric. She dips down. There's the, 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 the horse and then she's butterfly mode. So there's clearly like, we're supposed to take something away from this. Um, do you have a particular read on what happened here, Alex? Um, in particular, do you have an answer to the question of, um, I think we talked about this on the podcast, was Star dead? <laughs> was that what was happening? My my personal theory is like there's some kind of like anti-magic dimension that they went to or like mm. inside the wand is a, like sort of a, a dimension, a source where the magic comes from. And Toffee in his whole plan was able to enter this dimension and corrupt the, the source of where all the magic comes from. So I feel like it just uh, he, uh, they, they got trapped in that dimension without a way of getting out. Now, the issue, obviously, is with Glosseric, considering that we know him as this powerful being who knows his way around all this stuff. Why does he stay there? 
Um, uh, briefly to make a reference that that no that no one else is going to understand except Andy. In Magic: The Gathering, there are these these creatures called the Eldra- oh, the Eldra- the Eldrazi that are they they come from the blind eternities, which is the space between dimensions. So when Alex said that, that kind of reminded me of uh, and there's dimensions in stars. So I was like, oh, are the uh, is this like between dimensions? Is that where they are? That's that- also possible. It's like like a kind of limbo. Yeah. So is does limbo exist inside of Ludo then? Like. Like Ludo, Ludo, is Ludo, Ludo is the limbo between uh, magical dimensions or something like because well the the wand because Ludo was being used as a vessel in in lieu of a wand existing. Oh, I guess. Yeah. But the, but no, that doesn't make sense though because <laughs> and here here's why because Ludo found the other half of the of the wand. And it uh-huh. was not attached to him at all until the end of season two. So and then that like if if like the entire like the entirety of season two, Ludo had had the other half of the wand like attached to his hand like it had been, then I would agree. I, I could buy into that. But he didn't. He had it on a stick. So. Uh-huh. And Toffee, as as we know, Ludo was speaking to the wand where Toffee was trapped, and it yeah. doesn't seem that Ludo was be able to be possessed by Toffee until the wand became part of his body. Yes, I'm I'm, so. I'm sure we were not literally inside Ludo. Um, no. Yeah. Are Are you no. sure though, Dylan? No, are I'm you? not sure, <laughs> but I think it was more symbolic. We're in like a symbolic place. Um, I think I think that. Um, star was symbolically dead here like i think that's what we were doing i think we were totally the end of harry pottering uh this i was gonna say yeah. i think you i remember you saying the what is yeah, it king, at the king, end of king's cross yeah king's the, cross yeah. yeah like were we having one of those moments that was the like, first thing was i thought that, of during it yeah i was like darren's tip of her hat to harry potter like here you go, JK. Like <laughs> there was even a fetus. There was even a fetus right. in this one, right? Even a fetus. Look at that. The, yeah. The weird thing is that this is like uh, in not at the end of the show, so that's not the typical move is to to put it here within the the narrative. So like the the hero dying and resurrecting moment is uh, archetypally so, at the ends of the story. So Dylan, I mean, if Star did die, did that mean I was right in our previous prediction podcast about someone dying? Um, no. Because she's alive, so Aww. yeah. The, I don't I even know. Depending on what happened to Toffee, you might be right. Yeah, well, Toffee's dead, so. Um. So then that means gloss. So if we're concluding that Star didn't die, then that means that Glosseric didn't die either, because they were in the same place. Unless she was imagining it, but we don't know that. So. Yeah, and also Glosseric in there, he says, "Are you saying I'm dead? I'm offended." So like either he is unaware where he is or he or he knows that this isn't death that this is some kind of other dimension or uh, other place that normal people aren't allowed to go into. Yeah, I mean I think the problem as always with Glasser talking is that he might yeah, have been joking. Like it's Yeah, you can't trust him. Right. I am <laughs> just not caring. Yeah, I don't think he's I don't think he's putting enough effort into what he was saying to speak the truth. Like that's always that's like that's like, like an interesting way of describing Glasser. Like it's not that he's necessarily lying. I just don't think he gives at all a crap about what he's saying to to Star. So like how do you rely on him to be to be talking truthfully here? Um He's the most powerful being. Right. He I, doesn't I, have to care. I don't think Glasser is I think he might be dead technically, but it doesn't matter I think because he could just poof himself out of being dead. Like 
like i think he's he could just go anywhere he wants he's to like i'm taking a vacation like yeah which i know makes gl- no sense but if he's god then he can just not he can just stop being dead i think if he wants to and glossark's entire deal in that scene is just so strange because also a star when he says you betrayed me he says i'm sorry it seemed that way so you give the you give off the idea that he he might have planned this uh-huh, somehow yeah. Also, when he sticks, when Star sticks her hand, he says, "No, it's boiling." Uh oh! Like as if he didn't want it to happen, yeah. but maybe he was trying to like pull her into doing it. But see, what uh, this is the problem with Glassrick. I can't. Yeah, this is this is why I'm very frustrated wants. with Glassrick. Like he said, "Yeah," and I'm sorry yeah. it seemed that way. Which, uh, uh, on the surface, if any other character said that, they would indicate that they had a plan all along. But I think Glasserick just doesn't care. So that's more of like um, when you apologize to someone who is not like empathetic. They're like, "Oh, I'm sorry that like you were <laughs> that that, that like I'm you sorry you thought that. Yeah, I'm sorry way. you interpreted it that way. I feel like that's what Glasserick was doing, right? Like, I, I I thought the same way, Dylan. I thought it was more of a he just yeah that, just that exactly doesn't care exa- at all. So he's just saying it like that, like what? Like you're a puny human. What do you? What does it matter? So um, <laughs> but, I read. I, a, go ahead. Oh. Oh, I read a really interesting theory about Glosseric and like, and it mostly focused on that line where he says like, I'm sorry you thought it seemed that way or something like that. And how like he knew all of this was going to happen. And this is just all of him like pushing star to like be the, like the best that she can be because she doesn't like to learn in the traditional sense. It was really well thought out. Like you can find it on the subreddit. Um, and I don't remember all of the details, but it was like, it was crazy. Like, and there was a small part of me that was just like, yeah, maybe, but I hate Glossary. So. <laughs> and, and the problem is we haven't really seen him put efforts into anything. So like, are, are we sure that he even like is um, interested enough to keep going through that plan for all these uh, all this time in in theory glossaric uh glossaric's purpose and motivation should be to train star and make her reach her full potential that's kind of the what we're presented um like Mm -hmm. with the role of glossaric he's like star's magic tutor so um i think it definitely makes sense on that level this is his plan all along to make star um maybe be in control of the butterfly form or something um we see no evidence of that in how he acts for sure yeah I, I I think Glossrick has a plan. I think it's more like a he's like an omnipotent being, so he can be lazy and still just enact this plan. I think that's part of the part of what's going on that he's just so powerful that he can just do this without even caring. Because I talked about it on the Facebook group, I really think that scene in Moon the Undaunted when he's crying about um, Moon's mother dying, I really think that's Glossrick trying to manipulate Moon. Because as soon as he turns the pages, it turns straight to coincidentally eclipses pages. I really think that Glossark's been planning something through this whole, the whole show, but I really don't know what it is. Just like everything else, that's our. Maybe he's uh-huh. trying to free himself. Maybe he's going to end up being our big bad at the end of the the series. Like I don't think that's going to. I don't <laughs> think he's the big bad. I I, I don't buy yeah, it. Multiple that. points here. Yeah, that's a. And you're referring to our patron specific Facebook group, patreoncom slash overly Um So <laughs> become a patron and you can join yeah, us. So um, <laughs> so uh, there's a there's like three points here that I want to address. One. Uh, this concept that Glosseric is like tethered to the book and not free. I've never bought this. I don't understand why the most powerful being in the universe would be tethered to to the book. I think I feel like he just lives there. That's the he just hangs out. <laughs> it's his trail of hope. I don't like why. What's cursing him to that? What could be powerful powerful enough to do that? I've seen no necessarily. And like you've always, it's always been implied that he's kind of bound to the book. 
Um, but the show's never explicitly stated it, which me which makes me think that it's um think that it's a, a misdirection. It huh. could be, but I think it could just be like a genie type thing. Like it just could be a trope. It's yeah, that's that's clearly like the formation of his character is just as a trope like that. Um, but they've never like uh, doubled down on that. I agree. Yeah, they probably never um, will. The, sec- <laughs> the, the, the second, the second concept. Uh, it- you go ahead, Alex. Well, also something related in, in Book Be Gone, we notice that uh, Glosseric is telling Ludo, "You you can't write it; only the owner can." And it seems that the book acts on its own and preve- and preventing itself from being written by by Ludo. But I guess what I wonder is: is the book sentient on its own? Like, is it a different being, or is Glosseric like in total control of that book? Yeah, which is why that joke was pretty good in that episode because the, the episode kind of leads you to believe that it is going to like talk or something, and so then um, it's like playing a trick on on Ludo. Um, so I, oh I my thought, god, that scene! Is I so thought good. that was effective. Yeah, because I, I was buying it. <laughs> I was not. I, <laughs> um, this this concept of Glosseric being uh, a potential big bad. Um, it's an. It, we can have this down the line. I'm selling for now. I think, but uh, but yeah, that, we we can revisit that. Um, Andy, your theory um, was that um, in the scene in uh, the second episode, Moon the Undaunted, that uh, Glosseric is kind of uh, crying p- crying over Moon's mom dying, and then. Um, he fl- flips the pages and Moon sees the uh, Eclipsa section, and Eclipsa ha- and Moon has access to the uh, Eclipsa magic. Then, and um, you were saying that you thought uh, Glasserk was manipulating uh, Moon to find the Eclipsa section. Yes, yeah, that is my theory. Yeah, and my read on that scene when I watched it, I did think that that was notable, like it was notably structured. But my, I thought that it was just uh, like it, it's like, wow, she just conveniently happens upon the eclipse section. That was weird. But my thought was just that um, they're showing Glosserick being sad, and he flips the pages. It's just a vehicle to move the plot along um, in order to uh, get get Moon to find the eclipse section, in order to get her to cast the spell. That episode is extremely fast paced, so um, I, there there are a few well, uh, moments like yeah. that that just need to move along. I, I can buy that, but if you listen to him actually talking, like the way the lines were read, it could just be a weird line read, but the way the lines are read really come off to me as if he's, because I thought he was tricking Moon even before he turned the pages. Just the, his tone felt very forced or very fake to me. What do you, Alex, what do you think of um, Andy's tricking Moon theory? Uh, I I think that Glosserick meant for for her to find it somehow, and uh, it it reminds me of a page turner back back a couple of episodes ago when we see that uh, also when Star finds it, Glosserick is only like kind of uh, pushing her away, but not really. So I wonder if it's almost like a test sort of thing because uh, oh, another big theme of this uh, entire thing was that Star was able to defeat Toffee using like the light magic. Whereas Moon had to resort to the dark magic in order to defeat Toffee, and only barely. So I, I wonder if it's almost like Glosserick trying to see if uh, what what they do when they're confronted with, with with that option. April buying or selling Andy's theory. Um, I'm, I might be buying it a little bit simply because like it's it almost like mirrors the situation with Star too well because like. You know, like, I, I feel like it, it, it's very much like that test. Like, okay, like, you've reached this point in your training, so let's see how you respond to black magic and, or dark magic or whatever. But um, maybe the timing of it wasn't, like, appropriate, given with Moon. But, like, it still, like, very much proved that, like, 
she like she bought into it. She was like she could have just like turned the page or tried to find something else or anything else, but she she bought into it like immediately and went straight to Eclipso. Whereas like Star read it and was like, okay, well, bye. Like I'm like, I mean, it was interesting, but that's not what I'm about kind of thing. So it almost feels like he, he might've planned it just a little bit and manipulated her. I wouldn't say he like manipulated her to the point where he expected her to use it, but more so just to like, to see her reaction to it, given her circumstance. Andy, what do you think of um, Alex Naples saying this is like a test by, by Glasserick? I could see it. It reminds me a little bit of the, um, the ending of season one of Korra, like the whole uh, when you're at your lowest point, you're open to the biggest change. Like it could just be Glosseric trying to push them to their limits and trying to see if he can break them. But again, I'm not really, he hasn't really taught either of them anything. Like, I'm not really sure I buy that he's even trying to do any of this stuff for them. Well, not, at, the, go at the same time, Glosseric, uh, with, Going back to the whole dipping down thing, he's the one who introduced that concept in the first place, and he's been using metaphorical language in an attempt to get Star to get it, since she doesn't take word-for-word instruction that correctly. So he does seem to teach, but in very roundabout ways, like very like what we would say elaborate ways. So at least to me, like this kind of fits his personality of never actually saying what he wants you to do, but just kind of like meandering around t- till you eventually do the thing he wants you to do yeah there's there's evidence that Glasserick has actually um, had interest in teaching star before I agree um, I grade this myth uh, plausible that's what I gra- I grade so <laughs> it's a theory not a myth I grade this myth plausible so um, th- but I caution us to be uh, careful with Glasserick um, I, I would not read into uh, too much what he's doing. That's my general. Yeah, we're, we're throwing uh, yeah. darts, yeah, right? I, yeah. I always t- I take Glossary with a grain of salt, fly. Yeah. Like a ton of salt. Yeah, a, a ton. Pudding. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no pudding. No, no that salt scene was pudding. so frustrating. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, that that fire pudding scene was so disgusting. That's the not even that. I was just like, why would you? Why would you continue to to try? Like you know better. That's that's the mo with Glosseric, I think disgusting. Um, so we're kind of, kind of on the subject. Uh, young the young moon and the moon flashback episode. Um, I don't know what you guys thought of young moon. I kind of espoused this opinion on the uh, recap podcast that um, young moon uh, takes a pretty unsympathetic action at the end. I think uh, kind of in terms of it having a negative impact on Muni. Uh, I think she's in extraordinarily difficult circumstances, but I do think she um, probably takes a, uh, a morally a morally bad action here. Um, what was your overall impression of of Young Moon in uh, in the flashback episode, Andy? I felt really hard for her. I felt like she was just again mentioning the core season one finale. I really felt that she was in a similar in a similar similar place. She just had no idea what to do, and she was just pushed to the point where she just had no one to turn to except for Eclipsa because she didn't feel that she could talk to anyone else like River she could talk to but River was no help here let's be honest young River was no help even <laughs> even adult River is no help but um except when eagles are involved but um I really do I really felt for her I didn't actually hold it against her that she went to Eclipsa I just felt that this was just a sad thing that happened because of more tragedy essentially yeah, not not that he, she goes to Eclipse. I think it's more of the uh, scattering of the monsters at the at the very end of the episode um, that I'd find uh, sympathetic. Oh, 
Yeah. Um, and I guess I see that more. Yeah. I see that more. I guess. I see yeah. And of saying. course, of course, uh, it's, it's, uh, you know, you feel for it and it's understandable. Um, what, what was your impression, uh, April of, of young moon in the flashback? Uh, well, I loved her one, yeah. <laughs> but you, you already know Dylan that I love moon. She's my favorite, but not above star, but you know, but uh, I really, I really enjoyed her, and I think that like it helped give us a a really good insight to her character. And I like, I felt for her hardcore because you know she's we're assuming Star's age at this time. Like her mother was literally just killed by monsters, yeah. and then like you know everyone's like trying to do like throwing a million things at her at once. Like she seems like she didn't even get like the proper time to grieve, you know, so she could approach everything with a straight head. And so like, I don't necessarily blame her for her actions. And even though like at the end it was very, I guess it was a very harsh decision to be like, that's it. No more monsters kind of thing. Uh, like I see where it came from. And so in my head, it makes sense. And then it, it like brings us to today in a sense. So, but I loved her. She was adorable. And I loved that I got to see the moon and river sort of interaction. Very, very heartwarming nice. for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, side note today, we just got, con- we got uh, the voice actress for young moon, Katie driver, uh, Amelia Lorenz posted this on, on Tumblr. So not a uh, great, Eli- as versatile as great. Delilah is not, not great. Delilah as, as young moon. Um, yeah. And her, and her first ever acting credit, it, it appears. So excellent. Very impressive. Yeah. By her. I thought, I thought mm-hmm. she was great. Yeah. Agreed. Um, mm-hmm. Alex, what's your take on, on young moon? Uh, I, I'm with the, them both because, like, when you're in grief, you go to extremes sometimes. And obviously, some of us handle grief very differently. Some of us like the the count there; you, you go very over emotional. But Moon like keeps all her mo- her emotions uh, it, it, within herself, and that's also how we've seen her as an adult too. She she keeps many of her deeper thoughts hidden until she's pushed, as Star often does with her. So just uh, seeing how how grief, uh, along with uh, uh, prejudice that's been probably inculcated into her from youth, and as we see reflected in in uh, Puddle Defender, like you, if you grow up with the idea that that monsters are evil, and you see that one monster did this uh, heinous act against you, and you have that the power to uh, exact revenge, in that delicate situation it's a very tempting thing to do. And it seems that Moon fell right in line, especially when she re- received support from ha- from half of the group, like, say, Mina Loveberry or Romulus, the people who are warmongers. Probably in the end, they support this decision. So it's not like she's going entirely against the grain here. So I think in hindsight, it's an immoral thing to do. But in the moment, you, you can understand where she- where she's coming from. And you can also understand why uh, it's gotten to this uh, to this point because it was a delicate moment in her in her life. Yeah, I, I think this is one of the best things the show has done. Um, I like. I think just that's what makes this episode great. I think it probably this evaluates to a top five episode of Star overall. 
And um, I think this this ending is so brilliant because like all of you guys are talking about, you all want to side with with Moon on this. It's understandable. Like we see her motivations. We've seen this built up throughout the entire series. And yet I think this action is so completely responsible for the state of monsters and Muni in the present. I think that she's directly culpable. And um, it it's not obvious like when you're watching it, it's like, oh, I, I feel for Moon like in, in the spot. Um, but it's just such a heinous, heinous kind of thing to do. And yet, um, you, you completely understand, uh, what she's doing. And it's, it's an example of the, how good the show is with characterization. Um, like we're talking about how, oh, how yeah. bad, uh, like if we don't follow up narratively, this could, this could be not great. Um, on the other hand, this show shines with characterization and what this, the, what we did with Young Moon in the flashback, I think was really brilliant. And I love the way they end that, this episode with, with her taking that action. Um, I do. I, I was going to say, I also really like, uh, it's almost like you see like the switch in moon from the beginning of the episode yeah. to the end of the episode. Like you very much see like the contrast between like who she was before that interaction and then afterwards. And not, ne- not that it was necessarily directly influenced by Eclipsa, but like after like her standoff with Toffee, like, you see, like, that switch, and then you see her, like, transform into the queen. Like, she went from being Princess Moon to Queen Moon, like, in that instant. She was just like, this is what needs... She's like, I know now this is what needs to be done. Like, even though, like, it may not have been the best course of action, and again, it's what led us to where we are today, but, like, just just that, like, instant transformation. It was very, very satisfying for me. So, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I yeah, I, I, I think it's so great. Um, more, more. I, I think we this warrants another moon roundtable. Maybe another one thing. Yes, <laughs> I'm ready. To yeah, bring, 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 bring April back. We'll, we'll do the follow up. Maybe that's in our future. We have we have a little bit of long. We have a solid we have five months. Yeah, we have till November. Star Okay. Uh, lightning round. Uh, to close things out, be ready. Um, okay. Okay. First, uh, when's the next time we're going to see Ludo? April. Maybe, like, if we see him, not until, like, we're deeper into the season. Not for a little bit. But they have to, but it'll have to, I I don't know. I, I want it to be, like, a, like, it'll be significant, but I just, I don't, I think uh, another Ludo in the Wild would be highly inappropriate, so. <laughs> yeah. uh, Alex, fate of Ludo. Mid November, Ludo in the Wild Two. Woo! Okay. No. <laughs> no, well, uh, wait. We see him throw, and he's like, "I need to find myself." Yeah, yeah. So, like, it does seem like that that's preparing us for another introspective, because at the end we see Ludo all broken again, like feeling that all like this entire season for him has been almost wasted in in his eyes. But at the same time, he has learned some things, so he may want want to try to figure out like what what of those things is are things that he can still do or where can he find guidance so just like if, if that's the breather episode they want to go with <laughs> that i would be perfectly fine with it i like <laughs> andy ludo in the wild too i'm guessing the fourth episode of do you think, do you think it's happening ludo, you're you're, oh, you're, you're personally <laughs> green lighting ludo in the wild too yes i am <laughs> i think we're gonna have four episodes to introduce us to Muni, specifically for us to introduce to Muni with like Tom and Jana and um, Kelly, and then we're gonna go straight into Ludo okay. in the wild too. Okay, Ludo straight into Ludo in the wild. Okay, yeah, that, that's like, a good question. I wasn't gonna say it. The rest of season three, the majority takes place on Muni. Yes or no, April? 
I hope yes. Alex. Yes, they they need to do some rebuilding. Okay, and Andy, you said yes. Okay. Yes. Um, Eclipsa, the next episode that we see in uh, November, Eclipsa is broken free, yes or no? April. If she is, it's going to be like at the end of the episode. Or it'll be like one of those things they, like, they'll go visit like her crystal and it'll say, they'll see that it's even more cracked. That's that's not yet. I, I need a I need a yes or no. Oh, no. Okay, no. Okay, Alex. <laughs> no, too soon. Uh, they they got to put it somewhere in the mid. Like, uh, if you want to stretch it out the entire season, I think you got you begin introducing her in the present somewhere further in, like in the middle. Andy, maybe like the second or third episode. I think she's. I think the next time we see her, she'll be out. That's not yeah. That's not a yes. That's not a yes or no. Wait, 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 next wait, time wait, we wait, see wait, her wait, or next episode? You don't say yes or no. Next episode. <laughs> next episode, Eclipsa, oh. no. out of the... No. Oh, 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 you no. mean like the first yes. episode of November? Yes. You're asking... Oh, no, 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 yeah. no. You guys are wrong. Oh, you Dylan. guys are wrong. I'll go yes. Um, this, is, <laughs> this is a potential... Dylan, I can't, I can't wait to throw it in your oh, face. <laughs> no, I'm going to be right. Don't worry. Um, this, is, uh, oh. this, is a, this is a whole other podcast, but... Um, uh, Dark Star arc is still online for the rest of season three. Yes or no, April? Yes, Alex. Uh, on hold. Yeah, I don't like that answer. Yes or I'm... no? <laughs> Leaning towards no, okay. if only because they they put so so heavily on light magic versus dark yeah. magic and light magic winning. Uh, I don't know if we're going to go back into that. Andy, a hundred percent no. She's a shining star. The song says right. it. Right? Yeah, it's, it's hard to <laughs> it's hard to reconcile uh, Sailor Moon Star with Dark Star. We might we might be saving that for season four. I agree. Um, and, um, uh, what do I want to end with? Starco Kiss, rest of season three. Yes or no? April. Ooh, yes. Uh, Alex. <laughs> nope. Series finale. <laughs> oh, my God. Andy? <laughs> series finale. Oh, gosh. Andy. Uh, not this season. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. No. We're going to get a lot of hugs, though. Dylan, um, yes. Yes. Um, me and you. Yes. Uh, it's happening immediately. <laughs> In the fanfic, I never said I didn't want it. I'm um, just saying I don't think it'll happen. It's happening. Right Look, now. If, they, if they didn't kiss after two weeks apart, they ain't kissing. They now. haven't addressed their feelings yet. Jeez, it needs to. Yeah, yeah. there was no time talk for that. They have a talk. Next episode is um, Starco relationship feelings talk. That's the title, and then um, they're gonna. Yeah. yeah, okay. They can have I, Tom's counselor oversee yes, it. Exactly, that's a good idea. <laughs> I can't wait for 22 minutes of awkwardness. Oh yeah, it's gonna I'm be ready. glorious. <laughs> it's, it's happening. Let's get off. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's gonna be a little weird. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Um, as promised, time for the episode ranking. Who who is prepared? Who has it? Okay, Andy, go. Nope. Moon the Undaunted, Toffee, Return to Muni, Puddle Defender, Marco and the King, King Ludo, Book Be Gone. Was that, was that my exact order? I don't remember. I don't okay. know. Um, Alex, Alex, what's your order? Uh, come back to me. <laughs> April, go. Oh no. Uh. What? Boone the Undaunted is number one. Um, hold on. Yeah, I would give Toffee number two. Um, Return to Muni number three. And then the others... Uh, oh, Puddle Defender and then the other the other two jumbled nope, underneath rank that. Them. Rank them. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> uh, Would Dylan just rank it? You, you rank it. it. You have to rank it. Mark... Marco and the King, and then uh, Book Be Gone. Done. Well, where's King Ludo? Yeah, we're missing one. Oh, dang it. King Ludo. Crap. Uh, sorry. 
Uh, above Book Be Gone. Okay. Alex, go. That's what I... Okay. Moon the the Undaunted, number one. Toffee, number two. Return to Muni, number three. Book Be Gone, number four. Puddle Defender, number five. King Ludo, number six. Mark on the King, number seven. Okay. Um, A lot of homogenous ranking here. I'm I'm surprised. Um, Well, I I think Moon the Undaunted, Toffee, Return to Muni, that's like the top tier. And then uh, the bottom four, you can switch however you want. No, I think 1A is Puddle Defender here. And tier 1A. But, um... Yeah, it's it's we've we've all agreed on this one the four ranking I think at least. Um, I'm d- I'm debating Moon the Undaunted. I think it knocks off Baby for the five slot on my overall list. I don't remember what I had at four, um, but it's 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 up there. Like I think that episode's really good. So um, episode rankings revisited coming soon, <laughs> probably. I'll be more prepared. Yeah, more prepared. <laughs> Andy gets an A because he had his rankings ready, and then. The Thank you two you. get an F, so that's the grades for this podcast. For fantastic. <laughs> no, that's 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 a very that's a very star outlook on getting an F. I don't know if it's uh, so. I guess it's appropriate. Yeah, that, that happened in season Did one, it really? right? But is this is yeah. this not a star versus the yeah. forces of evil podcast? I'm taking my F for fantastic. Okay, okay. we'll have to we'll have to be like uh, my high school and not give Fs and just give uh, whatever Ds. So they're E's. You know, it's an E. Yeah, there you go. No, we'll, 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 we'll give G's for, for glossary. G's for, yeah, you're the worst. You get a G. <laughs> that's, that's it. You're the glossary. Great. Okay. Um, let us know what you thought about any of the topics we discussed. I think this warrants a number three Battle for Muni uh, podcast. There's still we need we only get to half my outline, so I think we need to have a number three, and then um, yeah, a bunch more star stuff to come, including potentially all these star topics we've hypothesized. Although there's we're pretty busy coming up, so I don't know if we can keep weekly with star. I think that's probably not going to happen, but um, still, still more star to come. Uh, OverlyAnimated.com. Uh, check us out uh, anywhere else and subscribe to us wherever that is and leave comments and um, consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash overly animated. Thank you very much to all of our patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Rachel, aka Rachel Rose. And thanks as always to our patron executive producers, John Ryan, Steve, Alex, and Andy. Um, that's you two. And uh, we are going to <laughs> uh, be back with a bunch of other stuff, including Rick and Morty. We're, Rick and Morty season is coming. Uh, if you watch Star and you're not a child, um, you would like Rick and Morty. So um, you, should, <laughs> you should. It's the adult Rick, It's the adult Star, and uh, we're going to have a lot of Rick and Morty podcasts coming up. So check us out for that. Um, final thoughts, guys. Uh, I'm I ready wanna... for Star Vember. <laughs> Uh, I want to give a shout out. We already gave one to Katie Driver, but also uh, R- Young River was voiced by Sonny Ashbourne Circus, son of Andy Circus. So R- River is the son of Snoke. And uh, <laughs> C- C- I, I think C- like Caesar is the more current reference. Yeah, but um, yes, Andy. Come on, Star Wars is never not current. <laughs> That's true. But I just want to say I want more more magical girl transformations. That's all I want. So, yeah, but you don't want to wish to that uh, because then it becomes Ladybug, and we have uh, the same animation sequence every episode. So, well, no, no, I just want more characters to do it. I want, I want like Mark you think you think you like that star really sequence, but what if we played it literally every single episode? Would you like it then? So that's <laughs> maybe no, twice. Okay. Yeah, sometimes so twice. Yeah, <laughs> depends. Oh, you get bored God. of the intro and outro. That's that's true. Uh, it's different though. But Dylan, don't you want don't you want Marco to like have a magical girl transformation oh, yes, with I his do, cape? Absolutely. Oh yeah. yeah, let's see that. Uh, I'm oh. looking forward to the explanation of Marco's oh, yeah, cape. That's what's it. Yeah, Bring that's it. What's Rest of season three. That's our that's our big our big topic. Um, Marco's cape, the name of next episode. You heard it here first. That's what's happening. <laughs> and then followed by Star and Marco talking about their feelings for 22 minutes. Um, 
and then Star Coquettes. Those are the next three episodes. So look forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> and Glossary Pizza. Glo- oh, no. No, no, no. That, you don't need to, oh. We don't need a fanfic about that. It happens all the time. So, uh, yeah, check us out, overlayanimate.com. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.